The Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. All your pro-freedom podcasts in one place. You can find the Self-Defense Radio Network at sdrn.us. Some of the great shows that you'll see there are the Polite Society podcast, Self-Defense Gun Stories, Gun Freedom Radio, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and many, many others. Thank you so much for being a listener, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. As always, I am joined by my spooky and spectacular wife and co-host, my main ghoul and my main squeeze, Johanna Latina Locked and Loaded. <laughs> How are you doing this evening, my love? Nanu Nanu. Nanu Nanu? What does that mean? I don't know that one. Welcome, everybody, to a special Saturday spooktacular of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. I hope that you are all enjoying yourselves and that you're having a wonderful weekend so far. Uh, As always, we are here to talk about the latest that's going on around the Second Amendment community and beyond. So we've got a lot of things to talk about this week. Uh, We're kind of taking it a free form tonight. Since this is an out-of-place show, Joe is going to be traveling tomorrow, unfortunately, on All Hallows' Eve. So, she is going to be gone. I I think uh, she will be traveling and in the air during Halloween. And uh, unfortunately, she won't be able to have fun here. And uh, I will be back to flying solo. But tonight, you get to enjoy us here for a special edition. So... Without further ado, uh, I guess what are we? What are we? Are what are we, what are we tonight, Joe? What is the inspiration here? <laughs> I wanted to play with face paint. That was the inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I told her she looked like um, one of these characters from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the yeah, I know what you're talking about. The like uh, the pinkish the, alien that yeah, works with the collector or something yeah. like that. You kind of look like vaguely look like her. The lighting on camera. For, she I looks do have more I pink. do have some teal horns that I was gonna wear with this, uh, but I didn't really feel like going into my closet and um, getting them out because we're kind of running late. <laughs> for and, and I guess I'm like an undead uh, demon biker, so I left all my hair disheveled like I was in. I was actually had more plans for his face paint, and he kind of was impatient and just wanted. I had to, I had to set it up. So, as you can see in the background, I set up some nice little things going on. It looks like the Master Chief is about to get axed in the head, <laughs> and so is our skull. Joe didn't even know that I did all that. I back saw there. it. I saw <laughs> it. And uh, and I changed our background a little bit. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and the spooky sounds in the background for those of us that are listening on the audio podcast. So. What are we going to talk about this week? We've got uh, a lot of different topics. Where do we really want to start off this week? There, there are a ton of things that really upset me this week. Uh, I How think. How do we start with? I, I, what are you going towards? Are you? I was going to say if you want to not start with Alec related stuff, or do you want to start with Alec related stuff and get out of the way? No, I think that we have to start something spooky, and we have to start talking since we're, it's Halloween. We have to talk about ghost guns. Okay. So. The first topic that we're going to talk about tonight is that it appears that New York State, uh, New York State's governor, Kathy Hochul, so weird not to see Cuomo there anymore, which it looks like he might actually get arrested, by the way. Yeah, I think he's getting uh, a misdemeanor charge for his fondling of women. Ooh, 
So uh, we'll Which see how I that Which I think, goes considering he's a a grade A sleazeball, he deserves a little bit more than that. But that's just my humble opinion. Oh, yeah. I would totally agree with that. that that's exactly what he should get. And by so, the way, Confucius, you got it. Um, since I was going with an alien thing. Rolando's apparently a little too young to know Mork and Mindy. <laughs> oh, man. That, well, yes, I never watched Mork and Mindy, but I do know of Mork and Mindy. I watched the entire series. Ooh. So, my favorite shows. let's bring it up right here. So, Catherine, uh, Kathy Hotul signed three bills Thursday to make ghost guns illegal. The governor says there have been criminals going to extreme lengths to possess illegal guns by using untraceable firearms that are often bought online and assembled at home. Now we're finally putting a stop to that. We finally have a bill that makes it a crime to sell the unfinished frames of receivers where people can put together guns in evading our law. The bills will make it illegal to build untraceable guns, criminalize the sale of ghost guns, and crack down on firearms that look like toy guns. So that means all those cool, sweet Nintendo-themed guns that we saw lately, with the or the Lego-themed ones, would those yes. be illegal as well? Uh, that would actually... I have uh, weird feelings about those because like, my inner nerd is like... I showed, I showed Rolando the Nintendo themed gun that was online where they made it seem like the slide and it was all like that light gray with the Nintendo font mm -hmm. and then it kind of looked the, if anybody's old like me yeah the old um, blaster the old blaster from the original Nintendo which went with Duck Hunt that's what it looked like and then um, yeah that, I mean I have mixed feelings because like, like I said my inner nerd is really into it and I'm like oh my god that's so cool but it shouldn't you know, be illegal there is, I know it shouldn't be illegal but my inner responsibility, responsible person, is like, yeah, but that increases the risk of a child picking it up. So, I'm more responsible than that. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm, I don't believe in making it illegal, but I just think if you're gonna be doing that, you need to be like extra responsible with those mm -hmm. pieces and make sure they never, like that has to be extra locked up in my opinion, just so it doesn't accidentally come into the hands of a kid. Can I get that? Yeah. Just because I feel like that increases the risk of, you know, potential situation where you have a mm -hmm. child picking up a gun. So that's just like my personal feelings on it. Uh, chat, let me know what you guys think about it. I, I just think if I were a kid and I saw a Lego themed gun that was in primary colors, that's just asking. That's just a bad situation. Or I've seen Nerf gun make like uh, Cerakote jobs. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, in my opinion, increasing the probability of a kid picking up a gun. Well, that's true. That's a valid point. Uh, let's see where it goes. Obviously, look, this isn't going to do anything because the way that this is already described, uh, it's already illegal for criminal for criminals to build a firearm. If you use it in a crime, it's illegal. So, I mean, this is really going to do nothing because most guns that are obtained and used by crimes are obtained illegally to begin with. So you can go through all of this. And, and again, I'm going to use the story that I always used that I was on jury duty several a uh, couple of years ago and it was a case uh, it was a drug case Are you allowed that, to talk about that? Of course I'm allowed to talk about it. the court case is over. Okay. Yeah, it's already resolved. And I'm not using anybody's names or anything like that, but it was a drug case. This guy this gentleman was supposedly dealing drugs near a school, blah blah blah. Police got a warrant and the um, and I guess the feds did too. Uh, and the DEA went to his house they raided the place they uh pulled a glock 26 out uh and uh, you know one of the questions that we had was well is the gun traceable it's got serial numbers they said no 
So it was like, okay, even with the serial numbers, this did them no good. Because the gun was either A, they couldn't trace it to the original FFL for whatever reason, or B, even if they did, it may have been out of state or somewhere else and the gun was stolen, so it doesn't really matter if nobody ever reported it stolen. So they said, no, there was no way that we could trace this firearm. So they, in other words, they didn't know if it belonged to the perp, uh, the you know, supposed perpetrator or not. So at the end of the day, even having a serial number does not guarantee that a gun can be traced. And, you know, it's just another thing to destigmatize people. Uh, so it's just really here to fear monger and the whole ghost gun thing is just a stupid, stupid thing. It's as if the, you know, I don't even know what ghost gun means. Like it can go through walls. Did the gun die and now it's haunting like somebody? It's a haunted yeah, gun. Yeah, it's a haunted gun, like, or it, you know, it's it's semi, it's non-corporeal. So even the term ghost gun is so stupid and it's just supposed to bring up like fear mongering, even though it's a really dumb term for that. So anyway, this is what's going on in New York. Uh, you guys already know, we live in the age of 3D uh, the printing and everything like that. The music is three clicks too loud, my friend. Three clicks too loud, is that what they say? Yes. Okay, so I will bring that down for everybody. See if that's better. So, see if that. Uh, let me know if that sounds a little bit better for you guys, or if it is still too loud. Or I'll uh, I'll just give it a stop. It's not a big deal. I was trying to be fun, but uh, yeah. So that's going on in New York with ghost guns being banned. So we already know these laws will do nothing. Uh, you can't stop the signal. We've already seen. Uh, we didn't talk about it actually at all because we were away. But, you know, you have guys like Control Pew, his website. You have uh, people uh, like Rest in Peace, uh, God Rest His Soul, uh, John Stark, who uh, created the FGC9, and uh, a whole group of thousands of people online right now. Did we ever talk about John dying? No, no. Unfortunately, we didn't talk about that. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, let me bring it up right here if I can. We talked about John several, ooh, like maybe a dozen or more episodes uh, ago. Yes. Around I the time say that so. we were, maybe 20 episodes ago. I don't know. Uh, right around the time that we had G Webs up. Uh, G Webs. The godfather of the. Of the ghost, uh, gosh. Pew Pew, uh, yes. Uh, control yes, Pew. Control Pew. You were about to say Pew Pew Jew. But I didn't. But you didn't. Um. So yes, yeah, so we had. Uh, did we? I think we showed a piece of. There was a documentary that was done. I forgot uh, by who, but it was actually a really epic uh, documentary that was done. And he is European. Um, he obviously hid his identity identity because uh, J. Sark is actually a, a moniker that he adopted. Um, he never showed his face. He used uh, voice modulation, but somehow he mysteriously, I believe, they knew who he was, and they. Oh, Popular Front is who. Mm-hmm did that documentary and it was really impressive. It's actually, he's a very smart man. He was able to create, as even ghost guns or 3D printing, it still requires pieces to be bought uh, from gun manufacturers, you know, but the creation that he made was 100% just stuff you can get at your department store. Or hardware store. Or hardware store and things like that, or just do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So that was um, pretty incredible. And he even like showed how to, uh, uh, he 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 rifled the gun with with uh, pretty ingenious techniques and all that jazz. Wow! So it looks like the German Federal Police used eBay and Coinbase to track him wow. down. Wow! And so, then, so basically, they figured it out, even though he took extreme precautions. 
And uh, the cause of death is mysterious. Will we ever find out? Probably not. Um, they say he died of a heart attack. Um, it may have been, you never know, or it may have been something, uh, you know, speculation. If I say anything else, it'll be considered a conspiracy. So mm -hmm. you know where I'm going with this. So uh, his real name was Jacob. He was of Kurdish descent and valued individual freedom of all, of all else. He was morally consistent, never tolerating hateful extremism. Anywhere he was in charge, his objectives were always clear, free expression, and the right to bear arms for all people everywhere. So uh, he was one of the pioneers, uh, really in 3D printing. He created the FGC-9, which is uh, a PCC platform that uses Glock magazines. And again, like we said, the goal of the FGC-9 was to create a 3D printed firearm that could be completely finished with parts that you could get pretty much anywhere in the world. So even in restrictive countries, especially in places like Europe, you would be able to, you know, build your own uh, competent uh, firearm. So uh, it was sad news when we found out about this. Uh, he was definitely one of the pioneers. I recommend everyone to check out the Popular, Popular Front Star. episode with uh, Jay Stark. The name of that episode is... Uh, plastic defense, a secret 3D printed guns in Europe. So it's about half an hour long. Check it out and uh, and find out more about one of the pioneers in um, in 3D printing. So, all right, well, let's move on there. So uh, we've talked about Jay Stark. We talked about ghost guns in New York. Next week, I believe, we have the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. Well, yep, coming up on Wednesday, November 3rd. So, you know, we've been talking about this case for many months now, I think almost a year at this point. So, finally, it all comes to a head on Wednesday. I believe that some uh, some people are going to be live streaming it. You can probably check it out. It's on Wednesday? Uh, through there. Yes, it's oh, going to be good. on Wednesday. I'll be home, so I'm actually extremely interested. I think... I know a lot of people have different feelings about this case. I am actually feeling a little optimistic about this one. Um, and this is kind of why I was talking about uh, that it's so important to care about these states that, you know, some people just say give up and, and move out to a free state. But the problem is, you know, this authoritarianism and this desire for wanting to reduce our rights spreads much easier than is comfortable to think. Um, and it almost feels like I actually believe that the hum it's more human nature to be okay with subjugation. I think it's of the desire to be free. You know, I think it, it takes a little bit more intelligence and more... Um, I don't know what it is, gumption to want to be like, hey, I, you know, stand up for yourself and want your own rights. So that's why I feel like it's very scary to just, or just the wrong thing to just say, let's leave those states, uh, just be, and, you know, we'll just move out to our states and, you know, hold the line there. The problem is those people can move and you'll end up with states like, I mean, did you ever think that Georgia was ever going to be blue? I mean, I know you can have feelings about what happened in Georgia, but the truth is it it happened. And whether it was real or not, that can be up to debate. Uh, the point is, it doesn't really matter because that's the reality they're facing now. Um, so it's, it's just, it sounds easier to say, just let it happen, but, um, and move on. But the problem is that's not 
you know, they're not happy with just what they, you know, like their piece of meat or, you know, their, their, what, what is the expression there? Pound of flesh. Pound of flesh. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want it all. They will not stop until the entire country is subjugated and um, has these rights removed. You know, you've heard them. You've heard the rhetoric. Of course. Especially like as of late, they've gotten very bold and they've um, showed their true colors. And hey, shout out to Argo J in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Joe brought up that, you know, a lot of people just like to be subjugated, I always think of the the scene from the first Avengers movie when uh, Loki was breaking into that, uh, that German museum or something to get that uh, meteorite, uh, I think Iridium or something. And he goes out into the crowd and he says, uh, he yells out to everybody and he says, kneel before me. I said, kneel. Is this, and everybody in the crowd kneels and he says, is this not simpler? Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You are made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel. Not a man like you. <laughs> yes, and then... The, the character with the biggest balls in the whole movie. Yeah, that old man. Yeah. Uh, not to men like you. And then Loki says, there are no men like me. And then the German man says, there are always men like you. And then Captain America shows up, and it's pretty cool. And he says something about the last time that I was in Germany and there, there was a dude speaking about him. We had a disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the original Avengers is great. A lot of uh, cool uh, political lessons and things like that. But, yeah, so... Uh, I'm surprised they Marvel allowed um, that political. Kind Mar- of- Marvel was awake back in the day. They weren't woke. Now they now they went from awake to woke. So uh, Confucius is uh, is it true the original thirteen colonies that started our freedom from England are all blue states? Um, I think. I think the majority of them are at this point. Well, Georgia was Georgia one of the original ones. It was a prison somebody, colony. Somebody, somebody. Hey, Brian. Evening to you as well. Somebody with a, a, a knowledge of history, quick, tell us what the original 13 colonies are. I, I want to say that Georgia, that Georgia was one of them. Yes, it was. So Georgia and South Carolina are not. So, and North Carolina is arguable that it's purple right now. Virginia is obviously blue. What about New Hampshire? New Hampshire is kind of a weird state. New Hampshire, well, yeah. It's, it's Isn't that the one that's your, like... Live the, for your die. Uh, right. No, no, no. I, I mean, hello. Uh, your motto can mean Jack Diddley squat right now because Virginia is six semper tyrannis and uh, hello. <laughs> yep. Although, uh, this would be a good jumping off point to talk about Virginia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, we talked about this last week. Um, I was really excited to talk about it, and uh, I am. You know, I love how I'm like I'm going to talk about this, and I'm like totally not, uh, totally not prepared for that uh, conversation. I was still my yeah. Mind see, uh, I think right now the uh, probably the biggest political issue outside of what we're seeing with the New York State yeah. uh, Pistol and Rifle Association is going to be the uh, election coming up in Virginia Here, for the gubernatorial this. race. Go ahead and shoot that over to me. If you've got something, I do. Uh, Terry McAuliffe is going against uh, Yunkin from the GOP. The race really has tightened up in the last few days. I believe that the last poll from Real Clear Politics, but it was uh, Yunkin was ahead, right? From Fox News, yeah, he was up he ahead eight points. He originally started out way behind and then uh, zoomed over. And and wasn't this the one with the tiki torch people? Uh, yes. So we'll we'll get in uh, into all that. For, so for those of you that don't know Terry McAuliffe was the governor of Virginia a few years ago. 
I believe that he ran against Nick Gillespie. And, uh, you know, the, the Republicans tried to make it a referendum on Obamacare, and that just didn't work. So a- after that happened, uh, you know, he had his one term. Virginia, you can't uh, have consecutive terms. So here wait, comes... Wait, t- wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, a very important thing has come across my screen. Go for it. I just want to say, Young J, JQ. Shout out to JQ out there. You rock. <laughs> You may continue. No problem. Uh, so Terry McAuliffe is back. He has obviously very close ties with the the Clintons. And uh, he's pretty much an old school Democrat. And, you know, for years he was yelling about an election being stolen. And he had no, there was no reprisals about that. He talked about voting machines that could have easily gotten hacked into. But, oh, but uh, I'm not talking about 2020. I'm talking about, uh, I'm actually talking about 2000 and 2004. So, you know, he used a lot of these talking points. Oh, yeah, he used a lot of those talking points talking about how the 2000 election was rigged and all this stuff. And, oh, yeah, stuff that, ironically, you can't talk about uh, these days about other more recent elections. But anyway, uh, Terry McAuliffe is running. He has a strict anti-gun agenda, extremely progressive agenda. And essentially, the tables have turned over the last few months, but it is not anything that has to do with, I would say, any sort of hot button issue other than what has been going on in the schools in Virginia. That really has become the biggest issue that has uh, flipped the Yunkin campaign. Originally, I heard that the Yunkin campaign and the GOP did not want to talk about the school issues. And I'm talking about not just the, uh, the critical theory teaching it's beyond just critical race theory. Uh, the critical theory that's being taught a lot of the, uh, the gender issues that they were having there, I don't need to elaborate too much into that. And obviously, uh, if you haven't heard the bathroom incident that happened there, where uh, a young, well, actually, I think it's two young women now because the perpetrator supposedly went to another school and committed another assault on another girl. I just want to give a little background because uh, on that, am I allowed to without getting too graphic? Um, I I don't think we need to go into too much detail other than... The, the Loudoun County School District was pushing critical race theory and trying to push, um, well, we'll call it critical theory because there's a lot more to it than just the, the race aspect and teaching history isn't necessarily wrong, but, uh, you know, this become a hot button issue. So, oh, I love this, by the way. Fox, uh, Fox News says that Virginia Democrats see potential Republican governor as a threat to public schools. Oh, but yes, so uh, we really started seeing issues in Loudoun County, pushing critical theory, trying to uh, push a policy of, you know, bathroom policy that a lot of parents did not agree with. Uh, and eventually it came to a head in June, I believe, or this summer, when there was a school board meeting where one of the parents was arrested and he had tried to bring to attention that his daughter had been assaulted by a young boy in a restroom. The young boy was wearing a skirt, kind of implied that, he was identifying as something that maybe that he wasn't, and this caused all the issues with their policy. The parent tried to bring it to the attention. He was essentially assaulted and arrested by the police at the request of the school board. Uh, essentially, the Daily Wire kept pushing the story, got that father's story down, made it public, and the what happened at Loudoun County and with the parents basically standing up to the school board, the school officials there went... To, I believe it was the National School Board Association 
went to the Department of Justice and the FBI and asked them to basically treat parents as domestic terrorism, uh, domestic terrorists and to investigate them as such. And the Attorney General of the United States obliged uh, to this. So this is where the saga has gone. The National School Board has apologized for this. Didn't Biden call them uh, terrorists as well? Uh, Biden, I don't remember exactly what Biden said, so I can't, I can't speak to that, but the, uh, it went to the DOJ and the National School Board Association, uh, wrote that letter. We will see if the attorney general, uh, kind of brings it back. He was getting grilled by the Republicans. This is, this is all backstory. So this isn't really, this is just getting you to understand how the Virginia race went from Terry McAuliffe basically dominating to now where we are today. And I believe that in Virginia, they also... But did you say what the school board is saying that about he's not actually trans? Yes, yeah. But uh, again, none of that is really relevant because we're not talking about the story. No, it isn't because we're talking about how we got to here and how Terry McAuliffe uh, got to the story. We're not talking necessarily about Loudoun County. It's that those events led to Terry McAuliffe getting destroyed in the polls. Got it. Because... He essentially also said, I believe he was the one that quoted that parents don't really have a right to choose the what uh, children uh, should be taught in schools. And that essentially destroyed his chances at the governor race, and this is where we are today. So today, um, Vice President Kamala Harris actually showed up in Virginia. And I don't know if you guys saw the clips. They were all over the internet. She is possibly, I don't know how she, well, I do know how she became a politician, (laughs) but I'm not going to go there. Um, Anyway, I don't know how, I don't know how she became a politician because um, she uh, is quite bad at public speaking and is possibly one of the cringiest human beings I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want a good laugh, find uh, the video clip. She's wearing a gray suit. And yeah, there you go. It's the one that has a Terry for Virginia. And she's speaking on behalf of this Terry McAuliffe guy. And basically, uh, they sent her out there to try to help. I don't think she actually helped. Uh, because like I said, she was quite possibly the worst uh, public speaker I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I believe I heard her fake laugh a couple of times. <laughs> the cackle. <laughs> the cackle. And basically, the reason they trotted her out is because... They're freaking out, and it's desperate because the poll numbers are dire. And if you see the headline for this, um, Kamala has actually freaked out that this is going to basically be a the barometer for what happens in 2022 and 2024. Literally, this is what she said. Harris, and I quote, What happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and so on, Harris said during the 60-minute 60 60 stump speech. So basically, she's trying to rally the troops, not about McAuliffe per se, but more about if we don't step up and win in Virginia, this is going to push the rest of the country to vote, vote red. That's basically what she was warning uh, the crowd about. And trying to get the them riled up, warning them, you're gonna bring this home, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> so, you know, I actually believe she's right. Um, other analysts have said that Virginia is a, you know, important 
state. This is probably one of the biggest battleground states. Uh, Jamie Harrison, chair of the Democratic National Committee, acknowledged that a McAuliffe loss would be a, and I quote, doomsday scenario. Um, but he believes that Virginia Democrats would show up and win, pull a win off for McAuliffe. Um, and like I said, a loss for Virginia's governor's race, long considered a bellwether for midterm mm-hmm. elections, would trigger an all-out panic among Democrats far beyond Virginia. So, uh, I think it's actually really, like I said, I brought it up last week, is he the best um, two-way guy? You know, there was some questionable... You mean like, uh, Glenn Youngkin? Glenn Youngkin, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, you, you were talking about McAuliffe, and then you said he's not the best two-way guy, so... No, 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 sorry. Switching over to the Republican candidate, Youngkin... Is he the best two-way guy? Is he, you know, he says, and I quoted this on my last on our last episode, um, he said he's an absolutist. Uh, however, there was this sketch, sketch behavior supposedly um, about, you know, him not wanting to meet or talk to the NRA and the uh, uh, Citizens Defense League, the Virginia Citizens Defense League. I don't blame him for not wanting to talk to the NRA. However... That's a little sketch that he didn't want to interact with the Citizens uh, Defense League of Virginia. However, um, you know, he when when asked directly, what is your position on this? He was he doubled down and said he's an absolutist. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I do believe this is a very important race for um, not just Virginia, but for America in general. Uh, G Webs in the chat brought up the link to that video with Kamala. So we will bring it up and see if you guys can hear that. Just a cl- short clip. You want to meet me tomorrow? What you, what you doing tomorrow? You got any plans tomorrow? Tomorrow's a good day. It's going to be a good day. You want to meet me tomorrow? So cringe. She's <laughs> Come on. so cringe. She's so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's, she's terrible. Not, you're not funny, Kamala. Nope. You're not funny. Kamala is not funny at all, and... Uh, we can see through her stuff. Is she the most? Day. Is she the most like awkward vice president ever? I mean, I guess Biden was pretty awkward himself when he uh, was the VP. But. I don't even rem- like. Is this bad? I don't even remember him. Maybe he was already at the point where he was falling asleep everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's uh, she's pretty awkward and she's pretty cringe. She's like every worst part of like Hillary Clinton plus her own thing. Like that's what she is. I don't, no, I actually. This is gonna sound messed up, but like as a villain. I semi-respect Hillary as a villain. Well, like, because Hillary's more intelligent. <laughs> Hillary's you know smarter saying, than like, Kamala. Yeah, that's for sure. Don't compare them. Like, Kamala is literally like... She's a poser. She's, yeah. a, she's not even... She's like a... What's it called? Like an... um, What are those things called? Like the... uh, What do we call them? Ad. Like an ad in a video game. Oh, okay, yeah. You yeah. know? Like, she's like... She's a minion. She's not like an actual boss. No. Yeah. She got there because, you know, again, we, we all know how she got there. Yeah. But um, does she, she, she took to she get there? Uh, she took not. naps to make it to the top, so that's what she did. She took naps to make it to the top. Supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> I'm so. not saying anything bad. I mean, she took she took naps. So, uh, who is the best villain? Well, I I actually want to go. Uh, Brian Quick brought up in the chat earlier something that we want to talk about a little bit later. Actually, he kind of beat us to the punch. Of all the horror movies you've watched, which one would you? Fear living out in real life the most, and what gun would you want? So we'll we'll go to that be, uh, later. Uh, G Webs is polling who is the best villain. 
Well, do uh, do we mean life. like horror villain? Are we talking political villain? Yeah, are, are we talking about horror villain? Or are we talking about like James Bond style villain? Or like what There's is it? There's probably what, what someone is without a name uh, or that is like a deep deep state person who's really the deep villain. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh, versus someone that we know. It'll probably not be. Because I really feel like at this point, uh, you know, Biden's a puppet. Mm-hmm. There's He's not the real. He's not really holding the reins. So... I want to know, is it Soros? Because that would be, <laughs> Sor- I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the one involved here, but Soros is is, uh, is, is one of my worst uh, villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, he uh, meant between Kamala and Hillary. Oh. Et cetera, and 100%, all the politicians. 100%. Uh, so we're talking about people who hold office as villains? Yes. Um, Bloomberg, yeah, he's pretty crappy, and, and he spends a lot of his money, which gives a lot of power. So that money is power. So I'd say he's in the top five. Uh, Bill Gates pretty dangerous. Pelosi for sure. Yeah. Yo, I won't say it. I, I don't want to get banned. Now, okay, let's say that Bezos is friends with all of them too. He's dangerous because he's got rockets. And Elon Musk, you know, he believes it's all a simulation. So I don't That's think Elon Musk is going to save anybody. Although I got to say. Because so, he's mean, like, it's all fake anyway. I, I I don't know if you guys follow um, Elon Musk on Twitter, but he is very amusing. And I actually didn't even get the, re- like, I'm so, like, trust me when I say I'm immature. When I hear, like, me and my friends, when we hear something that's, like, a sexual innuendo, we'll giggle. And, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I can't help myself. I'm apparently, like, a 12-year-old when it comes to that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally not, like, pervy or anything. It was just I can't help myself. It's like, oh, you said that. So, I totally missed it today. He tweeted like um, he's considering opening the Texas Institute of uh, Technology and, and Science, and I'm like, Rolando, Elon Musk wants to open a university called the Texas Institute of Technology and Science. And he goes, Joe, what would be the acronym for that? And I go, Oh, tits. He's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, mandatory carry. Good to see you in the chat. Appalachian Gunrunner, welcome to the chat as well. And Ozzy Osbourne, thank you Appalachian all for. Appalachian has been here. By well, way. yes, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I he, he has been here, but I did not acknowledge him earlier. So, thank you all for jumping into the chat and joining us on this Saturday evening. The spooky spectacular. The spooky spectacular. So, uh, so we've talked about Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris, Terry McAuliffe. So, yes, this would be huge. I would say pay attention to this election very much so. If you were, if you are in Virginia, make sure that you go out and vote. Make sure that you get your friends to go out and vote. This is extremely important. It really can be a harbinger of things to come in the midterm elections and possibly in the uh, 2024 presidential election. So this will be a referendum on the Biden administration thus far. Tony! Hello to Tony Simon in the chat. And uh, we, you know, it's really something that we need to pay attention to. The New Jersey race is another one to pay attention to. I know that the uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey is having some trouble because Project Veritas, I believe, uh, caught his, was it his lieutenant governor on an open mic? And she said in Spanish, which was not a problem for us because we know the translation was correct. So nobody was lying about the translation. And she said, well, uh, New Jersey at the moment does not have any mandates for the poke. So, uh, and obviously that's a very unpopular policy. And they're seeing what's going on in New York City, which if many of you haven't seen, there have been massive protests, uh, even including some police officers and other first responders. 
uh, blocking off the Brooklyn Bridge and protesting the poke mandates and the vaccine passports in uh, in New York State, in New York City, I should say specifically. So they're seeing the bad PR from that in New Jersey. And Governor Murphy, although he's a progressive leftist and he very, very much wants these mandates, his lieutenant governor was basically like, yeah, we can't talk about the mandates or anything like that until after the election because we don't want to scare away independents and undecideds. So that's what you've got to expect in New Jersey as well. So you should, uh, if you're from New Jersey, you should let people know that in mass. Uh, let people decide for themselves. I mean, even if you're a New Jersey resident that may agree with, you know, that wants to, you know, everybody chooses their own health. You may believe that you want to get the poke, and that's totally fine. There's but do you really too. believe in imposing it on other people that don't want it and people losing their livelihoods over it? Especially when you think about yourself, you've been living with this for almost two years. What difference is it going to make now to fire the people, especially many of them first responders, that were working and risking their lives the whole time throughout this pandemic. So now you're telling me that all of a sudden they can't work? Oh, and by the way, let's throw in a, a, a few other spicy things in here, which, uh, you know, they may not like this, but we have just found out as well that the poke does not prevent you from spreading the, uh, the illness. Uh, any where's, more where's than cite the, uh, cite the so I will bring it up. Uh, we just saw a couple of studies that came out. So apologize, I did not uh, plan on talking about this. But uh, let's see. By the way, I wasn't done with Virginia, so I'm going to go circle. for it. Yes, no, no, while no, I'm I look for that. Oh, Jen Psaki style. Circle. Wait, did she do that? Oh yeah, in her press conference, she's like, "We're going to circle back on that one." Oh, I did not mean to. Go with her. <laughs> I thought you were making not, fun of her. No, not at all. Got there. Did you find it? Oh, there we go. So here's one study. Yes, here's one study, but this is another one. Uh, there's another one that came out even more recently, but we'll bring this out first. While you look, I'll head to the chat. Uh, Mandatory Carrie says, speaks in Spanish, doesn't realize a million people understand every word of it. That exactly. actually is a very common thing. Spanish speakers kind of forget that that's like the second most common language in America. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. Uh, Mr. Randy in the chat says, it's about freedom, parents, and 2A rights. Dems believe in total control of everyone and Americans' last policies. Can't argue with that, Mr. Randy. All right, so... Oh man, we've got even more. Oh, I got even more studies than than I thought. Okay, so let's bring up two, two right here. So one is from the UK, and it is the Imperial College in London. Which, ironically enough, I believe the Imperial College was the source that originally, when everything was getting started, they were the ones that said four million people in the United States will die from this pandemic within six months. So. These were the people that led with the fraudulent research to begin with. So it's kind of ironic that now they would be talking about this. Maybe they're trying to redeem themselves. Maybe it's another scam. I don't know. But we're seeing multiple sources say this. So the headline here is fully poked. You can still pass the 19 variants in closed settings, says new study. So let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Researchers led by Imperial College London UK found that people who are poked Clear the infection more quickly, but the peak viral load among them is similar to that seen in unpoked individuals, which may explain why they can still readily pass the sickness at home. Huh, interesting. 
And uh, let's see, here's our another one. Viral loads are similar between eh. poked and unpoked people. So the service underscores the importance of masks and testing with long vaccines. So uh, let's just bring up, so Joe, what do you think, let's say that if, if a person that is poked can spread the illness as much as a person that is unpoked, does it make sense to have any sort of mandates for anybody? Absolutely not. And by the way, we're not saying don't get a poke. That's your personal choice. For instance, I have health issues. I got it because mm-hmm. I have health issues. It's a personal choice that you have to make with yourself and your provider. However, Absolutely. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be like all for mandate because it's not right for every single, every single person's body. Um, it's something that you can determine yourselves along with your physician. And a correction, Tony, it was uh, Governor Murphy's head of Hispanic outreach, not the lieutenant governor. Anywho, and it didn't stop me from getting the thing. Yep. So, but it was milder, and I'm okay. So, I'm not going to hate on it. And I just know, you know, it still doesn't justify having a mandate. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, I would even argue that if you already, we already see that a lot of companies are taking the alternative of, well, if you don't abide by this mandate, then you'll have to wear face diapers and get tested every week. So again, if a person that's poked still spreads it just as much as people that aren't, shouldn't everyone be tested every week and shouldn't everyone wear masks? I mean, if that's what yo, I would say. Yo, yo, uh, chill with that though. No, I mean, that that seems to- I get to, what you're saying. I yeah, you're but that, saying, that should but be the way that it is. So either- I think that's the future. That's, 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 we're gonna head back. We're gonna- we're going to circle back to that. Well, and, and that's what I think people need to ask. Like, are you willing to live that way forever? And it, and obviously I'm not. So really start asking yourself the question, does this make any sense or is this malicious and authoritarian? And they're just trying to step down the boot. So don't allow these companies to get away with things like that either, especially when you see new evidence. We've had a lot of people that we've considered supposedly on our side uh, do things like that. Before you go there. Shout out to Clayton in the chat. Hello, welcome. And yes, like you're referring to companies such as Hornady's Ammo? Yes, I I'm am. I'm sure everyone's heard about. I'm talking about Hornady. If you saw uh, about a week ago, uh, the first time I saw it, it was actually brought to my attention by um, a, friend, uh, a friend of the show. I, I, I guess I can call him that. Uh, now, Justin from Phoenix Ammunition, he, uh, he brought that to my attention, actually. He shot me a message one day, and he's like, yo, did you see this? And that was actually the first place that I saw it. Everybody started kind of posting it after uh, I saw it on. Well, he sent it to me, then he posted it on his page, and I started seeing it everywhere. And uh, Hornady, like most companies that have over 100 employees, decided to push out their own poke mandate and said everybody had to be uh, poked by uh, December 8th. Now, as we all know, and we've talked about it on this for our last two episodes, there is no mandate that actually exists right now except for federal workers. So And uh, military contractors. Yes, yes. Or so mil- yeah. federal contractors. Correct. So at the moment, uh, there is nothing that, you know, that is out there. So Hornady, like so many other companies, got bamboozled, and out of fear, they decided to push this. And if you saw the letter originally, it was very passive-aggressive. I recommend that you all uh, check it out and... Uh, and let us know what you think. But it came out very passive aggressive, very condescending, uh, very, you know, almost hopeless. Like, oh, there's nothing we can do about this and there's nothing you can do about it either. So anyway, 
this was it, this came out to light, and Hornady changed their policy. However, a lot of what's coming out of Hornady is that their board or you know their their management is extremely angry about the fact that this got out there and that they were completely exposed and that they were made to look bad. So they are going on a witch hunt to try to find out how that was leaked, who did it, and apparently they're putting like bounties out like in the company for snitches. But uh, I've also heard now, these are from other sources. I saw this on, um, gosh, what was that, Liberty Doll, uh, that she had explained this this portion about the company trying to look for retributions. So we'll have to see where those sources come from. I'm assuming that she's probably heard it from somebody within the company. So it's a little bit of hearsay, but I would not be surprised because I've heard many other companies doing this. So now they've kind of doubled down on the on their mask uh, mandates. They're looking out for who did this, and they're being much more strict about testing and things like this. So we really want to move beyond all of this as well because, as we've said, if you can still spread it even if you're poked – then there's no reason to treat everybody like, you know, to treat people like they're second-class citizens citizens. or like they're lepers because anybody can be a danger at this point. So, again, are you going to make everybody do all these terrible things? Are you going to make everybody get tested every week? There are some companies that are docking people's pay, forcing them to pay for testing if they don't have the poke, things like that. That is all unfair, and in light of this new evidence, I would say that you're opening yourselves to lawsuits and financial destruction because you are forcing people to do something that is completely unnecessary and you are discriminating against employees. And again, and I think it's uh, economic suicide in this, and I dare say my favorite word ever, community. Because let's be realistic, if you, the majority of people who buy ammo are going to lean a certain way, possibly. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's across the board, but they possibly lean a certain way. So you really think as an ammo company, this is your best move, especially after it came to light. And then you went, whoa, 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 backtracking, but then continue to be um, D-bags about it. Yeah. I mean, my concern will come down to almost almost no company in the gun community ever really gets punished. Let's be perfectly honest. Let's use... I mean, let, let's go back to what we talked about at USCCA about the minority within the minority that most of the gun owner, the gun owning community are not Second Amendment advocates and they don't care about what companies do. Let's take an example of Springfield. Springfield came out with the SA 35 last week. Beautiful, uh, beautiful Browning high power uh, clone modern by many accounts. It is great. I would love to own that gun. I will not buy it because it is made by Springfield. I don't care that the price is extremely competitive. I don't care that it looks great. I don't care that I've wanted a high point. Uh, I'm not a high point. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I will. T- I'll take a high point too. Uh, uh, I've wanted a high power, a good high power clone for a long time. I won't buy that one because it's from Springfield, and it's because I know Springfield's background. However, most people don't. I know a ton of people that are not Second Amendment people that. I've owned Hellcats, and if I had anything to say before they bought it, they probably wouldn't have gotten that gun, um, besides the fact that I think it has way too much felt recoil. Um, yeah, way too much felt recoil compared to other of these subcompact nines, but that's neither here nor there. But way too many people don't care. And look, Hornady has a reputation of making very good ammo, especially for self-defense, 
And that is going to trump a lot of people when it comes to uh, to these kinds of things. And I think outside of our community and the Second Amendment community, I should say specifically, uh, you are going to run into people that don't care. So they're going to buy the ammo. They're going to buy the gun because it looks cool and because it's nice and things like that. And it really sucks. And we've seen a lot of the social media influencers uh, you know, already advertising it because Springfield gave them a free gun and they're like, oh man, it's so cool, blah, blah, blah. And look, that's fine. I get it. I'm not going to hate on people. They make a living and a lot of these people are not political. Uh, and you know what? They can't uh, overlook getting a free gun. I'm going to, uh, look, Ar- Armed Atlas, I'm going to show you what the gun is. I don't necessarily want to advertise Springfield, but there you go. It's it's a Browning High Power there you go. So he wants to know. That's not what he wants to know. He wants to know the download on why Springfield is not. Oh, pro why Springfield 2A. isn't pro two a. Okay. So this actually stems from I don't know how long ago this was. I feel like it was a few years ago. I want to say that was like six or seven years ago. G Webs, if you can, or anybody else in the chat. Notice how he doesn't let me talk. Sorry. I don't know what's going on with him tonight? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wow. But anyway, uh, I knew it was a few years ago because I sold my original gun, which mm-hmm. I actually liked. Um, I originally had an XD. Yeah. First gun I shot was an XD. Uh, Rolando's XD was a 45. Correct. Uh, uh-huh. Then I got a nine millimeter XD, and I liked that gun. Um, I mean, I like my current guns a lot more. But the point was, uh, I'm the kind of person who, even if a gun, like I buy another one to replace, so it fills another role. Rolando's the kind of person who's like, eh, I, I might sell it. I'm the kind of person who just like I'm a collector, so I'm like, ah, I'm just not. It's, ha- it's not harming me. But I actually got pissed about. Um, Springfield company and I refused. It got to the point where I refused to even shoot it. So I was just like, I never take this gun to the range. I'm just going to get rid of it. And I sold it for, and I didn't, I lost money on it, obviously, but like barely, it wasn't the point. It's just, I didn't want it. Uh, I probably would have given it away um, if it didn't sell. So anywho, um, why are they sellouts and betrayers to the two way? It all stems down to the gun dealers licensing act in Illinois the act would require that all Illinois firearms dealers be licensed at the federal level as well at the, as the state level. And um, currently before the act, the federal level licensing was already required. Uh, small dealers who sell less than 10 guns per year in big box stores were exempt. And uh, the Illinois Firearms Manufacturer Association also received an exemption. And basically uh, Springfield, you know, got an exemption and so they didn't really care and they didn't really fight um this attack on the second amendment they're like we're good we're exempt from this so we're just gonna be like you guys can do whatever you want even though they're one of the biggest manufacturers in illinois had they stood up for it they could have had a little bit of a little more clout to fight against it so that's basically it Mm -hmm. um they were exempt so they just said kick rocks second amendment i don't give a crap as long as we're good we don't give a crap Yep. So that kind of, and a lot of companies kind of act that way. So that's why it's really important to, like, it sucks. It's not like, oh, you're canceling Springfield. We're not canceling Springfield. I just choose to support companies who support what I believe in. And I'm not going to spend money on crap that's, you know, clearly someone, like a company that I find of poor moral fiber. You know, um, that's how I see it. Yep. Does anybody feel differently about Springfield in the chat? Or do you feel like this is cancel culture? Um, I think it's just holding people accountable and letting them know. It doesn't mean that they're not irredeemable, 
But, I mean, Springfield to this day still really hasn't done anything, in my opinion, to help the Second Amendment enough to justify By the way, this. the other company that was also exempt was Rock River Arms. So yes. I don't know if anybody else has any Rock River Arms um, guns, but yep. that's the other company who also uh, kind of went shady on that. Yep, and as Joe said, the Illinois Firearms Manufacturers Association was the bulk of that, and uh, uh, Rock River Arms and Springfield Armory provide the bulk of their funding. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, they use their their cloud to carve out their own benefit. Yeah. So that, that's where Springfield is. They, they basically said, we won't oppose this, this attack on the Second Amendment in exchange for our protection of these two companies. Um, so they struck a deal, and Springfield and Rockwell Arms got to walk off into the sunset mm-hmm. unscathed and let all the smaller um, gun manufacturers basically suffer for yep. this. So this is something to be wary about because I guarantee that it is something that you will see from other arms manufacturers. It's uh, it's it's something that you'll commonly see there. I mean, look, you've got, um, gosh, what happened with, uh, what was the name of that a-hole that was the MMA fighter that was like, oh, I'm for gun control and all that stuff? The guy who was at USCCA Expo? Yes. Uh, Tim, Tim, wasn't it Kennedy? Something Kennedy? Tim Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah, Tim Kennedy. That guy walked by us in the expo, and as he walked by, I, I said, asshole. Yeah. So, and, and I believe he was there even with, like, uh, Black Rifle Coffee Co. So, I mean, you can always see this. Now, I'm not disparaging USCCA. They're not a, an advocacy company first. They provide great services for people uh, and, you know, the common gun owner as far as insurance and things like that, and they provide training. But, you know, you, you've got Springfield there, you've got Black Rifle Coffee Company, and you've got uh, Tim Kennedy and, you know, you've already got some weird reputation here with, are these companies really 2A? No, he w- I believe he was f- affiliated with um, with 511. 511 was the one that really uh, really pushed him enough. So, Tim? Yes, I believe so. Uh, you can you can find out more if, if you want. But, yes, a lot I'm of these corporations interested. are, as G-Web said, uh, big mis- businesses are not gun guys. They're the owner- owners of mo- big multinational companies. Yes, most of these companies, if you'll see, like when the Remington buyout was happening, they are owned by investment and holding companies. And these are just basically major corporations that have investors, and they're like, let's buy up companies that we think that we can either sell for parts or that may have something valuable. So maybe they've got patents, maybe they've got a product that you want, uh, something like that, and you want to buy them out and you want to hold them. So they're owned by a lot of these great, uh, these large holding companies. I believe Federal is owned by like American Outdoors Corporation, something like that. So these large conglomerates that aren't necessarily guns, they may be gun companies, hunting companies, outdoor lifestyle corporations, and and all that stuff. So uh, Jay says Tim was misquoted and people ran with it. I mean, from what I saw, uh, we'll we'll have to look at at it, but yes. but, you know, that's what a lot of these companies do. They don't really care. They're there to make money. And they don't care about the Second Amendment or our rights. And that's one of the things that we've always tried to emphasize here. If you find out that these companies are doing things that you don't agree with, then you cannot invest in them anymore. And then you should definitely uh, invest in companies that are just known for being awesome, mm-hmm. such as... Uh, Browning and um, Brownells. Brownells. Oh my God, Brownells. <laughs> Brownells. And for your ammo, you can go to Phoenix. Yes. Because he's a stand up dude. Mm hmm. And eventually I will uh, get things right. My bad. 
Yep. Now, uh, Tim Kennedy did apologize later on. He said, my position. I'm sorry, but I base things off of uh, how douchey you appear. <laughs> and he looks douchey. He oozes douchiness. So I stand by my, I don't think I called him a hole I think I called him a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. But as I walked by, I said something to him. And I stand by that just because of, you know, some people, like, by the way, he was walking with, like, an entourage of people around him, like he owned the place. And people who were far more well-known were just, like, super chill and, like, talking to people. Like, he was just like, Shh. Mm-hmm. So I'm basing my uh, dislike of him on my first impression and uh, going to stick with that. Yep. Uh, G was if bring- you didn't say it, I'm sorry. You know, that's what people are saying about you, but I don't like you based on your attitude. Yeah, vet bro douchebag, Simon, yeah. uh, Tony says in the chat. Yeah, there there is a lifestyle there, too. I think BRCC kind of goes in that. Again, uh, we respect, I come from a veteran family. I respect that. But I do know, you know, I've, I've not, not anybody in the 2A community, but, you know, they always try to throw vets out there that are against, like, that are pro-gun control and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just because you may have used a firearm in your career does not mean that you're a firearms expert or pro Second Amendment. A lot of people see them as tools. Obviously, people in foreign militaries don't believe in the Second Amendment or anything like that, foreign police. So to them, it's a tool. It's not about freedom. So, you know, that that is what it is. So anybody that tries to obfuscate or say something like that, like you should be pretty unambiguous as a pro Second Amendment absolutist. There shouldn't be an explanation later on. So that's just one of those things you need to check. So anyway... He's one of those examples. Springfield is an example. Don't don't get caught up with these companies. Hold them accountable. Let them know. Like we've said, the left is very effective at making companies cave to them. It's not necessarily called cancel culture when you call a company and you say, hey, I'm not happy with your policy. I don't support this. And I'm really not interested in purchasing your products anymore. And I can't recommend you anymore based on uh, based on your statements and the and the stance of your company. And you let them know that. And if you have a few thousand people know that and people repost it, you don't have to be nasty about it like a lot of people on on the progressive side are. But you let them know, and that's speaking through your power as a consumer because you have to understand we don't vote for companies. They're private businesses. We vote with our dollars. So they are all about public opinion and making money. So if you... uh, If they tarnish their public opinion and you make it known that that's widespread and people know about it, and you start hurting them in their wallet, they will change their opinion in many cases. This is what we need to do. Joe, do, do you want to jump in or interject? Do you have anything to Oh, I just, just wanted to say, uh, in case you haven't hit the like button, uh, go ahead and hit that like button and help our analytics out. Yes, That's thank it. you very much. Uh, like, uh, like, that subscri- uh, like, like that subscribe button. Like, uh, subscribe, share the video. If you're interested in supporting the show, we do have a Patreon and subscribe star. We appreciate everybody that helps contribute to the show and keep us going and keep the lights on and allow us to do the cool things that we do, like uh, head to different events, cover them for you and interview a lot of great and interesting people. So thank you all. We very much appreciate that. Can I circle back to Virginia now? Of course. Yeah, go for it. So can we talk about the uh, Lincoln Project real quick? Oh, yeah. That's a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw it. There was this very sus uh, demonstration of... These people who were dressed up as can I? I can't say the word on YouTube. 
They were dressed up as dudes that dress up in sheets and white sheets and that used to do bad hats. Yes. That used to do terrible uh, atrocities against uh, black Americans back in the day. And, Um, and they were holding tiki torches. um, Yes. So they were pretending to be pro Yunkin. Were they outside of one of his like, um, I believe they were out the outside of the GOP headquarters, uh, in Virginia. Yeah. And, uh, the Lincoln Project today actually claim responsibility for the fake. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Uh, no, it was outside. It wasn't in front of the GOP uh, headquarters. It was in, it was at a, a Yunkin event. Ah, so okay. I, I'm actually I don't know what to think because I, I I when I first saw it I was like oh this is totally fake like no one would actually like do this like why would anybody do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were chanting we're all for Glenn. Um, <laughs> they really thought, like, and initially when it was uh, all over social media, people really thought it was uh, legit and um, not a staged event, but they actually came out and took credit for that. Yes. So I don't know if that hurt his numbers at all, but uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, I mean, they look pretty lame, and one of the guys looks like he's – doesn't want to be, be there. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he might be he might be black or a little bit of a darker complexion. So who's going to believe this? Uh So this is kind of in reference to Charlottesville where they had those guys with tiki churches that were chanting outside of Charlottesville when that I think the the proper or the, the 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 term that we can say is they were posing as white nationalists. Yes. And trying to link themselves to um Yunkin in order to hurt his image. Yep. In lieu of uh, his sudden, why can't I say that word? Because I'm pretty sure it's 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 bannable. It's we don't. Well, no, word. it's not that it's not that certain words are bannable on YouTube. It's they that they are. will destroy. No, they'll destroy you on the algorithm. So they won't ban you, but you'll get hurt on algorithms. I don't know what they all are. Joe's more cautious than I am. Um, the whole tiki torch uh, reference, by the way, goes back to in Virginia. It's well known what tiki torches are. Uh, in 2017, they. Uh, I'll use the word white people who think they're better than other people, legitimately, these people, Mm -hmm. um, had a rally in Charlottesville called Unite the Right Rally, um, and they came out with tiki torches that were lit, and um, everybody knows what happened in Charlottesville, so I don't have to go over that. So that's basically, it was a throwback, and they were being extremely um, Mm heavy-handed, (laughs) <laughs> with their reference, especially, you know, in Virginia, people don't forget what that's about. Um, and it's pretty disgusting. Uh, and dare I say deplorable, if I can use oh. that word, <laughs> that they would use a tragedy and, and something that's effed up to... Um, no way, they're exploiting tragedies? Oh, yeah, you know. It, wow. You know. So, yeah. So what a novel I concept. Just, I just, since we, ta- we talked about Virginia and Yunkin, I thought that that was... Uh, an important update to the race mm-hmm. that that was like sabotage and that happened in the last couple of days. So um, hopefully people aren't dumb enough to have bought that uh, garbage, but um, yeah. And then McAuliffe obviously uh, denied knowledge of it and said no one from our campaign is affiliated. <laughs> I highly doubt that you just, you might not know it, but I'm sure someone in your campaign knew about it. Maybe, possibly, allegedly. That's mm, just yeah, my it, suspicion. It is possible. Um, 
that's pretty much it. That's all I had to say about it. And uh, Lincoln Project, you can go kick rocks. The Lincoln Project is pretty disgraceful. They uh, considered themselves a Republican organization back oh, in the day. Oh, they're a Republican organization. They were, they were, but they're really just, they were a, a group of National Review Online alums. I believe even, um, gosh, how could I forget where her name was? She worked with the Trump administration and her husband hated Trump. Um, she was that blonde lady. God, how could I forget her name? I'm so bad right now. But anyway, her, her husband, her husband, George, I know her husband's first name, but I don't remember her last name or even his last name. Uh, hated hated uh, President Trump, and they went back and forth. He was part of the Lincoln Project, and a lot of National Review alums were there. So basically the old-school GOP uh, guard, the compassionate conservatives that were very upset about Trump becoming president, and now they've uh, essentially pointed, uh, uh, you know, joined forces with the mainstream Democrats to try to push anything that is anti-Trump or I guess anti-whatever the new Republican Party wing of the MAGA, the MAGA wing, I guess, of the Republican Party. And in doing so, they've disgraced themselves, and I believe they've even affiliated with pedophi- pedophiles, like one of their leaders got gifted. They supported somebody who was... Yeah, they supported somebody who was uh, accused of pedophilia. So it was, uh, yes, Kellyanne Conway, there you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, G Webb's in the chat. So yeah, I remember George Conway, but I don't remember Kellyanne. So yeah, Kellyanne was uh, one of Trump's closest advisors, and her husband hated him. So he would talk crap about Trump on Twitter, and she would have to deal with it. <laughs> so it was pretty messed up. And then their daughter grew up in a really messed up house with two parents that hated uh, hated uh, their. Well, I guess they had opposing views, so that led to a crap show. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. The Lincoln Project tried to rig to rig this, make it look like a hoax. Well, like so many other things involved with Virginia in the last few years, it was a hoax as well. So, no surprise there. I am surprised at the level of depravity that they would try to get away with to do such a thing. And it just shows that I actually do think that the poll numbers in Virginia are actually accurate. You have to understand the public polls usually lag behind what the political campaigns themselves have. And if you saw the McAuliffe campaign change tack a few weeks ago where they started bringing in Barack Obama, they brought in uh, President Biden, and uh, Kamala was there the other day. I'm surprised they brought her in. And at this point, I believe that Trump is actually going to, for better or for worse, uh, campaign for Yunkin. I don't think that Trump necessarily needs to go, but... Uh, apparently, I guess they say that Trump doesn't usually show up unless he thinks it's a sure thing, so the polling numbers have got to be pretty good for Trump to show up and not want to risk his reputation getting owned because if if Trump shows up and then Youngkin loses, that looks pretty bad for Trump, and it may actually even hurt his prospects to run for re-election. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Again, if Virginia goes uh, red again, especially if it has a decent percentage I think that we're going to start seeing a, uh, a we're going to start seeing a shift, and it could be a sign of things to come, especially in the Democrat Party. If you get enough independents and Democrat voters to shift, then at a minimum, the Democrat Party needs to start realizing that their progressive wing has got to be purged, because the progressive wing of the Democrat Party is completely destroying the party, or it did destroy the party. It uh, it's taken them off the deep end. It's made them crazy. 
you know, before the Democrat Party was an opposition party, uh, they've always been anti-gun. They've always been had a streak of authoritarianism and socialist tendencies. But once the uh, progressive ring, wing uh, jumped in, they really took them down that critical theory uh, hole and really just annihilated them. There was no logic left. They became very anti-American and extremely authoritarian. So we will see how this all goes. Hopefully it'll wake some people up and cooler heads will prevail. But I don't necessarily see that happening. But, you know, we'll see. So what do we got next, Joe? We want to talk about our uh, Halloween stuff. Halloween theme stuff. Let me see if I've got anything else here. Uh, this one's pretty. This one's pretty spicy. Oh my god! How did I forget about that? Yeah. So okay, let's talk about another spicy topic. This one does not have to do with guns, or or anything potentially, but it does show what is going on in this the country. State of the country. So Biden is considering four hundred and fifty thousand dollar payments to illegal immigrant families separated at the border. Report. So the Biden administration is considering paying illegal immigrant families who were separated at the border under former President Donald Trump's policies up to $450,000 each. The Wall Street Journal reported on Thursday, the illegal immigrants filed a suit claiming the federal government detention resulted in major psychological trauma, according to the Wall Street Journal. Most of the families were made up of one parent and one child who could receive around $1 million in payouts, though the amount could vary by family depending on the circumstances. So not to be divisive, but... Just a reminder that, well, first of all, I saw that they were calling this reparations for illegal immigrants separated at the border. And that just was like, oh, this is so cringy that, you know, this is happening. And, you know, I know a lot of people feel a certain way about reparations for um, the past sins committed by this country. Yes. Yeah. So this is just like, first of all. How about, we have plenty of, like, aren't we, like, bankrupt right now? Like, isn't our country, like, barely able to do, like, function? Yes. And we had to, That's like... That's why we keep printing money, baby. And then you're giving this humongous amount of money to people who aren't even citizens for... That they broke the law. Mm -hmm. And then you were following that law. Like, I'm sorry, but we go know to any other country in this world and try to enter it as an illegal alien and see what happens to you. Yeah. And they certainly will not be giving you reparations for them enforcing their laws. Mm -hmm. This is like ridiculous. Um, and that's coming from someone whose family came over from yeah. another country. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I understand this country is made up of uh, immigrants, but it's like, I don't believe that we should be giving out half a million per person uh, for this country enforcing its own border laws. Yep. Just me, just saying. And I made a, uh, a few bad jokes about it personally, about like if I get a sombrero, can I go down there and get at least a couple thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn, dude. Like, uh, <sighs> And look, I understand, uh, you know, the separation of families was very emotional. I get it. it. It made a lot of people angry, but you also have to understand that a lot of these children were never taken with their parents. They were they taken sent, by cartels and smugglers. Yeah, they sent kids here by themselves. Yes, they sent kids by themselves. Other people posed as their parents. So there's actually no way to prove because there's no records where these people came from. Either there were no records or purposefully those records are gone to make it easier for people to try to get away with these things and to pose as certain people. So I'm sorry. Look, I have sympathy for a lot of these things. But again, so 
the reparations issue when it comes to atrocities committed by the U.S. government throughout history is a very contentious issue as it is. But whether you are for or against that, I think that we could argue I would much rather have American citizens get money and benefits as taxpayers than people who are non-citizens of the United States. That just makes total sense to me. We have trillions of dollars that we are in debt And instead of bringing more jobs back to the United States, trying to empower ourselves, helping people here, we are imposing uh, imposing poke mandates, making people lose their jobs, and now we're giving payouts to people that broke the law, essentially. That's what we're doing in the United States. So as a good American, you can work hard, do the right thing, but one day you decide, no, you know what, I want to be able to make my own decisions for my body and for my health, And you lose your job for it, but, you know, everybody that crosses the border, they don't have to get tested. They don't have to get poked. They don't have to go through any of these things. And now they can get a payout because of this. So, you know, this is all BS. Now, Mike, I'm not saying I'm for or against reparations. I'm saying the fact that they're even calling this reparations when there is other, you know, things going, like, have historically happened and it's just really cringy and it's you know you know i just have to think back to biden's campaign when he was on that morning show and he said if you don't vote for biden you're not black um or whatever he said mm-hmm. um what has what you know like i if i were black which i am not i'm hispanic uh i would feel some kind of way just because it's like uh so we're not like your people anymore like what's going on like i'm just saying I'm it's like they're always myself, looking for new voters and using people it's like as we're they not need them. they're not valuable anymore is that what it is because i mean i'm just saying this is gonna cause a lot of upsetness is that a word upsetness yeah. um and i'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of people who voted for him and believed him and thought that they that he was going to uphold certain things and now they're seeing this and i'm like ah this is going to be uh interesting uh to see what the that community will feel come whenever the next election is Mm -hmm. um yeah jay in the chat says it's yet another slap in the face and i mean that's that's the only way that you can take it as as anybody you know, living in this country or anybody that's a minority that was either born in the U.S. or you came here the right way and you became a citizen legitimately. Like it really is. Like, they're, like, they're really looking out for the, you know, the next big group of, of, of voters. Yeah. And uh, Hispanics are the largest growing community, demographic, whatever you want to call it. So they think that by doing a move like this, it's going to ensure the future of the Dems party winning because... Yep. They're going to remember, oh, yeah, this is the party that gave us all this awesomeness and money, and it's going to, you know. Yep. Well, I mean, that's that, this is what they do. They will always try to find somebody else who can be useful to their cause and to their agenda, and they will always take advantage of fear of the other side. And honestly, Republicans need to wake up as well. You know, when you hear, I, I'm always going to bring up this story because it was just profound to me. You know, when, unfortunately, we did not have the opportunity to post our interview with Kimberly Klasick because the audio didn't work out. 
But one of the things that she told me that was very profound is that when she ran in Baltimore, the GOP told her that she had no chance. And because they thought that they had that she had no chance, uh, they didn't want to give her any money. And when she was able to raise a few million dollars on her own for her campaign, they essentially said that she was wasting money from the GOP because she had no chance. So she was able to, I think, quintuple the amount of votes that Republicans got in Baltimore. First first Republican uh, candidate to run in decades. And so even though she got about only about 15, 16% of the vote, that was way more than any Republican ever had before and in years. So this is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a GOP that does not care about fighting, does not care about putting effort into things, especially if they feel like they're always going to lose. And what do they have to lose at this point? They need to absolutely go to a lot of these communities and say, hey, this is what the Democrat Party is doing. They exploit they exploit you. They only use you for your votes, and then they kick you to the curb and then try to push different people against one another. Because ultimately, this is divisive. This is a tactic that will divide Americans even further. It will push you know, people that come from South America, uh, you know, Latin Americans against black Americans just because of what's going on here. I think you can see that. And that's what they want. They want disunity. They want to hurt the U.S. economy. They want to uh, destroy everybody. Now, again, uh, just like uh, Tony says in the chat, it is all about divisiveness. I don't think that this will pass. This is just another bomb to throw to get people angry, to turn us against one another it's part of the even the same tactic that they use with trying to pass these jab mandates that don't actually exist right now. It is to see who is willing to jump, who's going to get angry, and who will expose themselves as the opposition. And then they know who to target, who to go after, and what strategies to use uh, to best serve their own agenda. So uh, let's go through the chat real quick. I know a lot of people seem to have a lot of comments. We saw Tony's comment. What else do we have in there, Joe? Tony and G-Webs jinxed each other. Uh, Tony said the word, the word is divisiveness. Uh, they have no intention of giving that half a million to anyone. They want to exploit fissures between people. Then G Webb said, in my opinion, they have no intention of actually following through. This is an incentive to come to the USA. Folks in other countries hear that news. People keep, uh, people keeps people here divided and stressed. They went both ways. Absolutely. I actually thought the same thing. I'm like, isn't this going to encourage, like, Harry, let's go uh, to the yes. Apparently, they're handing out checks of half a million dollars. Yep. Um, I just feel like this is going to incentivize even more people. And don't I saw something about, like, the, the biggest caravan yet of illegal, illegal immigrants is making its way yep. from up from Central America as we speak. And we know this. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. And mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. We know they're coming. Well, we literally know they're coming. And we're not going to do anything about it. And, and so it, it just creates an endless cycle where the problem never ends. So you've got major corporations in, in this country that use immigrant labor, pay them under the table, and they don't want to pay Americans a fair wage. This is the truth. We've seen it in a lot of different industries, whether it's meatpacking plants, uh, farming, uh, migrant workers, things like that. So we know that major corporations in the United States like to exploit uh, uh, labor that's in the shadows or illegal undocumented labor. This is a fact. So you create this problem. The GOP doesn't do that much to stop it because a lot of their donors make money. A lot of Democrat donors make money. And now it's a wedge issue that can permanently stay here. It's like gun control. 
You don't try to push too hard either way because you want to keep it a permanent issue that you can keep both of your bases constantly fighting and angry with one another. So that's what that's what this happens here. Now, obviously, victims here, the two victims here are the American people and the people trying to come across the border. Because, of course, if you are a person from a country that you're suffering from squalor, you can't get a job, your kids might be starving, maybe there's violence because you have a corrupt and oppressive government and uh, cartels and criminal organizations running amok, murdering people. Uh, we see that anarchy and chaos in a lot of countries uh, where drug uh, cartels and, and other organizations are in charge. You've got uh, Venezuela, which has an authoritarian government. So obviously I have empathy for people. If I were not in the United States and I were in one of these countries, I would probably try to come to the United States. And we always want everyone to come through the right way. Obviously, Johanna's family uh, did that. We know a lot of our friends did that where people came through. They became citizens and they, you know, paid uh, their way through here. Everything that they had to do in the process of going through that. So, I, but I understand people that they're like, I feel like my life is in danger. I need to get out of here. My kids can't do uh Make it, and now the American president, Joe Biden, is saying, hey, if you make it here, you get to stay here, or, you know, we're going to give you these uh, these these payouts if something happens to you, or if the orange man bad made you feel bad about yourself, then we'll do something about it. So, of course, these people are being exploited. A, a lot of the cartels aren't even selling drugs anymore. They are trafficking humans. They are selling people into sex slavery. They are committing atrocities and human rights violations in mass. And the U.S. government, led by Joe Biden, is incentivizing this. And I would argue that the Joe Bi that the Biden administration is the largest human trafficking organization in the world right now. We've heard a lot of stories where they're moving a lot of these um, uh, these uh, people that have come into the country, and they move them in the dead of night on different flights throughout the U.S. and start dropping them off in different cities, whether it's in New York State, Montana, a lot of other places. And what is going on? Where are these people going? Are they being tested for for any for the pandemic or anything that's going on? Do we have any record of where they're going? Why are they being allowed to come in and spread everywhere? So uh, again, they, they're being exploited, they're being taken advantage of, and ultimately this is all to push us against one another and to try to expose people too, because you have to understand this is a trap by the progressives on the left to also make people on the right look bad. Oh, you're anti-immigration or, oh, you're racist because it's mostly uh, brown people that are coming from south of the border. That's all BS, man. Don't fall into it. Do You have to understand why people are doing this. You have to understand that they themselves are victims of being exploited by our government and by criminal organizations and by many corporations because we know that there are private businesses. There are PACs, political action groups, that are going into South America a lot of these people you see all of a sudden they have t-shirts that say, hey, we love Joe Biden and do all that stuff. Where are they getting shirts? Where are they getting the finances to do all this stuff? It is political action groups. It is private corporations. And ultimately, it is all going through this administration. So this is something that we have to spread around. We have to let people know that these things are happening. And we also have to know that a lot of things are distractions and smoke screens to try and divide us. And that's what makes things so difficult. Because it is very natural and very easy. And believe me, it happens to me all the time. Joe is half deaf on one side because I go on rants all the time. And I yell about this stuff and I get very angry about it. And that is despite knowing that a lot of these are smoke screens. 
And part of it is I get angry because I know it's a smokescreen and I know how many people are going to fall for these things and get wrapped into it. And I know how many people on the left too are going to be like, oh yes, this is great. We're doing such good things. We're trying to help people. And they don't think about the big picture of how this hurts us, how ultimately we are throwing more and more money away from the American people and from this country. And eventually it is going to bite us in the butt. Uh, they're trying to destroy the U.S. currency. They're trying to destroy the economy. They want to keep us distracted. They want to keep us divided. They want us to keep. They want to keep us weak so that they can continue to hold their power over us. And again, it makes it very difficult to do all of this because it's an emotional issue. They can show children. They can show families. They can tug at your heartstrings, but at the same time, they don't accept responsibility that they have created this problem. If the federal government was honest about securing its borders and making sure not incentivizing people to come here, then they would not. It's pretty simple. Go for it, Joan. Uh, by the way, in case you were wondering where our fearless leader is, this is the uh, G20 summit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I know it it's is. a big climate summit as well. Yeah, G20 summit, and it's taking place in Italy. And uh, our fearless leader is... Enjoying a dinner of marinated salmon, risotto with pumpkin and white truffle, and sea bass with a tangerine cream dessert. Oh. I just read an article about it. and I'm not even a fish eater, but the rest of that sounds really good. That risotto with the pumpkin and white truffle sauce sounds really good. So, yes, the world leaders are meeting in Glasgow right now. I thought it was Italy. Uh, they they started in Italy, but I believe they were in Glasgow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, the, yeah. The, yeah the COP26... So the yeah. G20 summit is oh, in Rome. I, by the way, I heard that uh, uh, Greta, uh, Greta our, our friend Greta. Greta Thunberg? Uh, yes. You are ruining my childhood. Greta has received a rock star reception because she's there and she's a VIP. Um, and by the way, there was uh, 6,000 protesters. And I don't know what they're protesting because everybody knows that all the world leaders except for like you know like china they're all like upset well uh, they were protesters include workers who have lost their jobs no, from no, globalization no no no, no 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 oh from globalization yeah oh okay but they're the most the majority of them were just encouraging uh the you know leaders to to make incisive action on climate change and i think that's i don't think there's anyone that's really that's there that's currently against it so i mean i feel like that energy should be directed towards other countries that are um are, you know oh interesting which country decided not to show up to this uh, global warming event oh that's right <laughs> the chinese didn't show up the the one country that's the, that that country should have been there the right? largest polluters in the entire world and the second most polluting country in the history of mankind yes the us is the is number 1 i'm sorry to say that but China is number one right now and number two in all of history since industrialization, which was measured in the 1850s or so when the Western Industrial Revolution began. And I'm not hating on, you know, I love this country. I love this, this world. Uh, but I just think it's a little funny that we don't actually. That we've been lowering our emissions more than any other country, that Americans have embraced green technology, that Tesla is able to sell yeah. Millions of vehicles. But we're still somehow blamed for it all. Yes. It's like, how about, you know, I've said, Greta, you know, maybe you want to take your little boat and head over to China and talk to 
uh, I can never pronounce his name, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, yes. Yeah, and maybe you can go yell at him about your childhood. You know, I heard an interesting uh, theory. Maybe it's you can call it a conspiracy theory. That many in the West feel that the Western countries are not equipped to be able to stand up against the authoritarian might of the Chinese Communist Party and their 1.4 billion strong uh, citizenry, many of which are the vast majority of which are not members of the CCP and that are probably held hostage by their own government. But many people in the West like this and they're like, how can we combat against the Chinese? We need to create our own authoritarian state to stand up against them. So in order to do that, we need a one world government, a single currency, and we need to create some sort of crisis that will unite people behind the banner of the West so that we can create our own authoritarian regime to stand up against the Chinese authoritarian regime. So that is why they are incorporating things like ESG, which is energy, uh, social justice, and government uh, governance scores, which is basically private social credit scores, similar to what they have in China, where you would be judged by how good of a citizen you are. Maybe if you didn't get the poke, you're not a good person. Or maybe if you don't recycle every day, you're not a good person. So your social credit score will drop and that will take away some of your opportunities. So we're seeing a lot of these strategies and things incorporated by the West uh, and Western countries that are similar to what's going on in China. Why are they doing it? Why do they want to become more authoritarian? I don't know. Maybe they're just jealous of the Chinese or maybe this is their way of trying to combat the Chinese. Let's fight fire with fire instead of using the truth to expose the Chinese Communist Party. Or maybe they're just all greedy and the Chinese paid them off and that's the way that it is. And uh, it's really our own fault that China is uh, gaining traction, which is true. It is, uh, it is our own government's fault that that's happening in the West because we decide to sell out. Time to go to the chat. Mike White in the chat says, at this rate, America won't be America in another 10 to 20 years. G-Webs in the chat says, Seabass, want to get into how old them fish are and how they harvest them. Um, where is the outrage over that menu? <laughs> Tony in the chat says that they cut it up so he wouldn't choke. Do they make airplane sounds to make him heave? <laughs> Sorry, that one uh, cracked me up. Uh, G-Webs, on a more serious note, said, China said we will not be changing anything until 2035. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, we have a celebrity in the chat. Welcome to Hans Gruber. Excellent We're, taste in firearms. We are uh, <laughs> quite a fan of yours, Mr. Hans. <laughs> uh, can you guys invite Fernando from Modern Survivalist? I'm not, uh, do I not, do I know this person? No, we'll have to check him out. So we can Let find out more information. We'll take out his channel. Uh, in the past, people have suggested uh, people. And I guess that's my role to like contact people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Feel free to give me those suggestions again because I'm incredibly ADD and may have already forgotten it. So if you'd like somebody on the show and you haven't seen me do anything about it, uh, go ahead and suggest that again. But I will look up this person and see if he wants to come on. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you for the suggestion. Uh, JC9, welcome to the chat. And Hans Gruber, again, thank you for joining the chat. And, uh, you know, hopefully... uh, John McLean won't show up and cause a bad night for you. <laughs> but you have excellent uh, taste in HK pistols. JC9 says, let's go, Brandon. Uh, and Mentor Carey says, no unification thing, whatever you want to call it. By the way, China, uh, 
less than less than Iran as a threat. All right. Now well, can we talk about Halloween or not? Yes, we can talk about Halloween stuff now if you'd like. Sure. <laughs> so it was our um we had this Halloween theme. What was it gonna say? Oh, by the way, I don't know why Robert De Niro's house popped up on my feed, but apparently Robert De Niro sold his house in New York City for $12 million. $10 million less than its 2019 listing oh, price. Oh, so really. the real estate market in New York is imploding. Maybe. I don't know what that really means. I mean, can you judge the real estate market on one person's house? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. But usually you can see where the rich, uh, inflation affects the rich first. So the cost of luxury goods has actually been exploding over the last few years. You could say that it's hyperinflated, actually. When it comes to yachts, uh, expensive real estate, private jets, things like that, the prices have exploded. And then usually you see a trickle-down effect from uh, the millionaires and the billionaires and the prices that they pay going down. So. Oh, by the way, just like a random side note, what is going on with this country and its teachers and its school systems like, I get it that that's, like, something that certain factions are pushing, like, sex, the sexualization of kids. But the fact that this keeps coming out, like, there was a teacher who took uh, a, a class of students to a bar, which was really inappropriate. Then, uh, apparently, uh, North Carolina school had kids study an art, a uh, sexually pl- explicit art cla- uh, act in art class. Like, what is going on? Like... I don't understand. These are actual teachers. Um, I'm not going to go into this, but like I, I just don't understand how real people are doing these things. That's mind blowing to me. <laughs> Argo J doesn't want us to talk about the subject, but I think it, it comes down short that I think what's going on is that obviously with the pandemic over the last year, a lot of parents got to see for the first time. What they're actually teaching. So you, yeah, you're right. So Maybe parents became engaged have, and actually became parents. And these things have actually been going on possibly for longer than we think. Correct. So now people are being exposed. They realize what their children are uh, are being exposed to, what they're being taught, and that a lot of it is BS and has nothing to do with preparing them to be adults. And now parents are upset about it because they can see it. And in return... Teachers are getting angry because certain teachers are getting exposed that they're bad teachers and that they're not teaching things that are appropriate and that school boards are pushing all this or that certain principals are pushing these agendas. So you got to understand this is what's going on. So the, uh, well, this, that could be a problem. G-Web says uh, probably because they don't pay teachers enough. So there aren't enough teachers applying. So they have to settle for the teachers they get. That is possible, but you also have to understand, too, that teachers are government workers. They are unionized. So you have government unions that uh, that a lot of times will force the hand of teachers. So some teachers may not agree with every, every policy that's pushed out there. But if the union does, then that's basically what the unions say. That's what goes. And a lot of these unions, you know, they have a lot of political power. They have a lot of clout. So there are backdoor deals that are made, and that kind of puts a, that taints the entire institution itself. So, I mean, those things can happen. They they can happen. Moving on, because Jay doesn't want to talk about school. Yes. Uh, Before we get into your And it's not the same case everywhere. Like, every place is different. There are different school districts. You'd be surprised, like, uh, Jay says he's non-union. Uh, a lot of the school districts that you actually see a lot of these bad things come out are in Texas. That's where we've seen a lot of these progressive uh, books and things like that actually come out. You see a lot of these things begin in Texas. Kentucky had 
I a scandal recently. One, there was like some scandalous book in the school library, and and then they claimed like, oh no, someone put it there, and it's like, well, and well, maybe, but and then we had the school in Kentucky recently that had the lap dancing situation with their with their professor and, with the <laughs> teachers and the principal, and they had young boys basically provide well, lap dances to yeah. the yeah, well teenage boys uh, provide lap dances to the principal and the teachers, and it looked like they were enjoying themselves. They had the women dressed in like Hooters outfits. Uh, the girls, I should say, because they weren't women yet in Hooters outfits. And it's just like... That should have been shut down. Like, the second that it happened, it would have been like... You know... Like, I'm thinking back to, like, when we had what we call sports night. And that was a big presentation thing uh, in my high school. And, like, I'm thinking back, and that would have been like a heck no. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there was one, like, our junior class was, like, the boys and the girls were doing some kind of scandalous dance. And I remember, like, there was, like... They were just like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, but like, it's one thing for the students to do things by themselves because teenagers are going to do uh, stuff. do stuff. But the fact that the administration, the principal are encouraging this, the principal or is also it, the principal is also the mayor of the town that he's in. And it was explicit. It was completely inappropriate. I would even say that, you know, adults would have blushed at that too. Again, it, these are like, that's my point. I'm like, I understand like the bigger, like, big conspiracy thing where it's like people like the the, the whatever like the, the the people in the background doing this pushing this but these are actually like legitimately like people people like not like with an agenda like what is this isn't jeffrey on? epstein and those people yeah this is like real people like mm-hmm. what is wrong like wow just wow where this country like mar- like maybe there is something to be said about uh spirit of the age i don't know no <laughs> fucking clue. moving on let's get off school um Ice Cube, real quick, before we get into Halloween. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube lost $9 million after um, refusing to get that mm-hmm uh, because of he, that was a requirement for him for filming a role uh, on a comedy called Oh Hell No. I actually have been an, a huge fan of Ice Cube. He's actually voiced some characters in some of our favorite video games. Yep. Get me a sandwich. Yep. That was Ice Cube, right? No, that was um, uh, Ice-T. Oh, right, that was Ice-T. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the ice. But I am a big fan of ice cream, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Kudos to him for standing up for what he believes in, uh, at least personally for himself. Um, sometimes money is not, you know, the final Stan- you know, thing that you care about. And, and I think that's pretty impressive that someone would lose $9 million dollars going nope I'm not doing that because that's not right for me mm-hmm. oh I think uh I think cube saved himself from making another horrible movie probably well I mean as long as he wasn't on the set with somebody then he should be okay <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not gonna go there <laughs> as long as he wasn't making any sort of cowboy western movies with unsafe sets then uh you know uh, maybe ice cube would be okay Remember, uh, Ice Cube was involved with many movies with a lot of different guns, and he never had any problems with safety on their sets. I should just say that. So, uh, Jay says he bought seven pairs of Kyrie's for his son and uh, for he and his son. Absolutely, I do respect uh, these people that are putting their money when their mouth is. It is extremely difficult. I think. Look, if you believe a certain thing, I I know I do. I'm I'm willing to put. Uh, sacrifice a lot of things. Uh, Joe's been fearful about those kinds of things in the past. 
I, I respect people that stand up for their principles that are willing to put their jobs on the line, uh, put, you know, risk the food that's on their table. Now, obviously people like Kyrie and Ice Cube have enough money that if they were to ride off into the sunset now, they could retire even though they're both young, especially Kyrie uh, being even younger than myself. Uh, and they could just, you know, sit on their, their fortunes and not have to worry about anything. But when you try to excel and you try to be the best, your ego and, and having your livelihood, you don't work to just work, you know, Players don't stay in the NBA for 20 years just because they want to be able to end up with hundreds of millions of dollars. There is a certain point where you may make enough money that you can quit. So the fact that they are able to sacrifice that and, you know, say, no, I'm not going to push this. I'm going to give up millions of dollars because I don't believe in being uh, exploited or being forced to do a certain thing. I, I respect that. What was Joe going to say? You were laughing. I'm laughing because uh, Tony read my mind. I was actually going to say, like, what's your favorite ice? Uh, I keep, oh, my God, now I'm going to keep saying ice tea. Uh, what's your favorite Ice Cube movie and what's your uh, least favorite? I actually really like the Triple um, X uh, series because I like horrible movies. Uh, State of the Union is the one he was in. And yes. we actually just saw, we just saw the Honest Trailers. Honest Trailers on, for the And I end. never noticed that he fights with his elbows. I'm like, is that some like Muay Thai shit? Uh, stuff. <laughs> like literally every single person. And he was more interested. So like, you know, the Triple X original movie was with Vin Diesel. And he was like, the like, um, like caricature of a James Bond. Ridiculous. Like he's he a caricature of himself. He was a caricature of himself and James Bond. And it was like he couldn't get past sleeping with, like, I think he slept with, like, 10 people in that series. And then, like, Ice Cube's character is like, no, I just want food. Yeah. So I'm, like, totally relatable. Like, priorities are right. And just watch. Watch that movie. Ice Cube throws nothing but bows in that movie. And I never realized it until Until Honest Trailer is like, you know, Ice Cube throwing elbows against everybody. And I was like, oh, my gosh. A very effective way to fight, though. It was, but it just looked so funny and brutal. I was like, I never noticed that he was just throwing bows the whole time. Yeah. I was like, that is pretty awesome. Uh, I think the most uh, well-known movie would probably be Friday that he's done. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, there's Next Friday. Oh, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the worst movie on his filmography i'm gonna go ahead and say anaconda and that's coming from someone who hates movies man but anaconda's like a cold classic in a lot I of ways it made it made jennifer lopez huge that took her to the next level people think it was selena i'm convinced it was anaconda <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, oh. but feel free to let us know what your favorite um ice cube movie is and speaking of movies so now we have our Halloween. Look at my segue. I'm so good at Ooh, this. Ooh, yeah, there we go. I'm not. Um, let's go to our Halloween spectacular uh, part of the show. What, ho- uh, what would you call What horror movie scenario? I would throw video games into this because we're nerds, because there are a lot of horror games. So we can throw that in there as well. Would you want to be, I don't know if you would want to be in any of these situations. Um or I guess which one weapon? would be the most fearful that you'd be like? What would be the most fearful horror movie or game situation? And what weapon would you choose? Uh, choose your weapon is basically it. Well, I think I would be very fearful in situations where guns would not be effective. So that that's would come was, to play yeah. of anything that's extremely supernatural. Yeah. Like if, if you're fighting against ghosts, banshees, or things like that, if you've seen The Witcher, like, Guns are not going to work against non-corporeal creatures. 
And last time I checked, I am not uh, Constantine, John Constantine. I love that. So I don't have, like, any cross guns that shoot, like, uh, you know, holy, holy, I don't have any holy weapons or anything like that. So if I could get a holy weapon or that weird, crazy shotgun from that, uh, what was that movie with Nicolas Cage that you saw, like, Ride Hard or something that was really bad? The the one that was, oh, that was the worst movie ever. Yeah, it was like a demon, and it wasn't, it was not hell, it was not Ghost Rider. It was another really bad movie that almost felt like Ghost Rider. What was his name? Uh, the actor. Oh my god. Nicholas Cage. Thank you. Yeah. Nicholas Cage was in we it. Saw that it was well, like when the we devil. Were in Missouri actually. We were like it was uh we were in Missouri for in, Train and Learn. For Train and Learn and we were there the day before and uh, Tony that was actually right before we were like we called you and we're like let's go get food. It was on TV and then and Joe was like what is this movie? I was, I was like oh this movie's was terrible. Like, you got to see there, it. like watching this horrible Nicholas Cage movie. Uh what I, what would I even look up? I'm going to just look up his filmography. Uh, okay, so in a in a horror scenario, though, what would be your most effective weapon? So if we're dealing, okay, we're not dealing with undead demons that can't be killed by, you know, regular guns or anything like that. So we're dealing with, I guess, regular monsters, not anybody like Jason or Michael Myers, who's also unkillable. Um, well, let's let's look at a few different weapons here. So let's talk about video game universes. One of the scariest video game universes that you could be in is probably, man, the newest Resident Evil's pretty good. I think the new Resident Evils are pretty good. I think Dead Space is one of my... Ooh, scary. One of my favorite scary scenarios. The Dead Space, like, monsters are terrifying. They have, like, yeah. this thing with claws and their teeth. But actually, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to go with a situation where, like, a lot of people don't consider the movie 1408 a super scary movie. Like, it's a John Cusack one. Where he's like uh, hunting paranormal, like um, situation haunted, and he goes to a haunted uh, hotel room. I believe in New York City, and then I got stuck in this in this fake like he can't tell what reality is, and then his like dead daughter like gets like he actually has a recording of his dead daughter from like it, I don't know like it's just it's just weird. I, I'm not a horror movie person. I went to see that one, and I had to go like this, like, the whole time. Because to me, like, that was, like, the worst. Like, that's, to me, the biggest fear. Like, the paranormal. You're stuck in between worlds, like Jay just said. Mm-hmm. You can't tell what reality is. You're trapped. You can't get out. Oh, like, look, gun's not going to help you there, buddy. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street, too, because you're stuck inside your head in nightmares. Yeah, that's you can't the same kind of yeah. scenario. Like, to me, that is scarier than Scream, where there's, okay, Let's go to the screen. Slasher movies are not scary. Why yeah. did no one have a gun? Like, I think at one point someone picked up a butcher knife in Scream. Like, what, these people, what were they trying to do? They hit him with a car. Did they not have, like, did no one think, let's try to find a weapon that can kill? It's just a dude with a, with a hook or a knife. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Uh, that I mean, I watched all the Scream movies. I just don't understand. Like, it's just a person. Mm-hmm. I was just lame. So if we're dealing with things that can be killed, then I really want to know how good. Okay, so mini shells and shotguns are starting to become a thing. I want to know. I can't figure out the Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I want to know how effective they are because I would think that a long tube shotgun. So let's take something like... Uh, Mossberg 940 with like a nine plus one tube. 
something big, like semi-automatic shotgun like that. Um, well, semi-autos can't take mini shells, really. They can't feed. So that new 590S that can take mini shells, I feel like something like that would be a pretty awesome gun because if you could carry like 14 shells, you can carry an assortment of buckshot and slugs, and that will give you some pretty powerful kick. And honestly, I think, yeah, Dragon's Breath would be cool too. So you can, a shotgun gives you a lot of flexibility to deal with. Yeah, a lot of versatility and flexibility to deal with things. You can carry a lot of different ammunition. Um, you know, like I said, you got your slugs to be able to penetrate and give you just blow holes into somebody. Your double op buck is going to be extremely effective at that too. You're going to, you're really not going to necessarily worry about armor against enemies like this. You might have to worry about like werewolves. So if it can get through a bear, if you can take down a bear with it, you can probably take down a lot of these monsters, I would think. Unpopular opinion. I'm going to go with a stealth because we were just talking about modes of um, suppressed weapons. Well, I was going to go with a stealth weapon. So I would go with a powerful crossbow with like, that would, depending that, that would on what you're too. with metal. I don't know if this exists in the real world, but like with metal um, harpoon like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just get. Yeah, of course. That's what I would go with. Mm -hmm. Depending on what my. Uh, villain of choice would be. well you can have like silver stakes and all that stuff you could yeah. use that against vampires you know too yeah. so yeah a bow a bow would be pretty effective so i'm a stealth like if a I shotgun and a crossbow might be a cool combination yeah and that's actually the combination that i've been using in um in back uh for blood? no not in back for blood in in a non-horror game in crisis three since they give you a bow so Are i use still playing that game yeah, well, it's because I got all three, remember? So I'm oh, in the last okay. one. Yeah. So in Crisis 3, they give you the bow. So I use a bow and a shotgun a lot of times. So Mossberg 835 with a cut-down barrel still gives you 6 plus 1 in the chamber with 3.5-inch triple-op buck. That would be our, uh, my shotgun, says Ting Ting in the chat. That's a good choice, too. I like that. So what do you guys uh, say in the chat? What would you carry around? What would be... Your loadout. Like, let's go with zombies uh, would be one loadout, which, you know, I think almost... Well, okay, so can we agree on how you kill zombies? Headshot. Headshot, headshot is... Yeah, headshot is the effective way to kill a zombie. So I'm going to go with shotgun. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of guns can work. I mean, I like guess... how much and, of the... Like, I'm going to be gruesome here. How much of the the zombies' uh, neural... I guess you would. Do you need to okay, obliterate? so because remember, zombies are already falling apart. It's. So it, I feel like it's BS that you can shoot a zombie in a zombie. Well, okay, so and they're still like they're, you knock them out. Let's, I'm like, let's, you have to be like, in my opinion, if it's a zombie, you really need to like take them out. Okay, let's talk about realistic zombies. So basically, humans getting rabies. Mm -hmm. That would be realistic zombie. Uh, we're gonna make it scary and go fast zombies. Yeah, so it'll be fast zombies. So think humans that get rabies. So that's gonna be the way that that's the kind of zombie that I would say. Because those are also the worst to deal with. Because you're still going to get the horde and you're still going to get individuals that can chase you. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, the mass of thousands of them. You're still going to get thousands of them. So think World War Z zombies that they can like climb and go over each other like that. I think you're hosed no matter what. I, yeah. I think it's actually BS in that situation that the main characters actually survive. Well, like, that's I don't where think anybody would survive that at yeah, all. Like, if I think you're, it's over. But if you're dealing with fast zombies and you need ammo, then you're going to need like AR-15s and machine guns. Like, like, that's what you're going to need. I like Cash EDC's answer. He, he got a katana recently, might use that too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, off, I, have a, I have a zombie t-shirt that says off with the head. Um, and oh, yeah, what else do we have that's effective? Oh, I know that Ting Ting wanted to see this up close last week, so we can bring it because it's not real, so we can use it on screen. On screen, this would be a very effective weapon against zombies, I think. 
Wouldn't a chainsaw? You? Yes. I feel like you'd most likely cut off your fingers um, before That's you... That's why it's got the, the nice uh, the handle guard here. I actually know somebody guard. who cut their finger off with the chainsaw. Yeah. So this is the Lancer from Gears of War for people that haven't seen. So Also, uh, I think it's too... Like I, as it's a, an ungainly weapon. Ungainly weapon. Has no stock, I'll probably but cut it's off got my the fingers, chainsaw right here. And that would be like... Impossible to shoot because well, it has no you're stock. To hold it this way, yeah, so that that is like front heavy. Like I was just looking yeah, at so it. It's as got the handle right here. And okay, at least you have a handle, but yeah. I would miss everything. It's an automatic, uh, front heavy still because the motor of that uh, chainsaw would probably oh, yeah. be in the front. Oh yeah. Also, it's, it's, it's where ridiculous. is where is like the ammo versus like? Well, he, okay. So here's the thing. This gun makes no sense on many different levels because I can actually remove the magazine here. This magazine is huge. I think this gun can carry like 50 rounds. But look, you remove the magazine and, and the, the rest of the chainsaw is partially inside the so magazine. So where is the ammo? I don't know. So maybe the rounds are just in the back part of the magazine and I this is know. almost like a guard as well. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, so if you really stop and try to make it like makes logical, no like the Lancer, even though it's my favorite weapon in Gears of War, it is illogical and I would never be able to wield it. Yeah. One, for fear of chopping off my fingers. And two, because it's too front heavy and just heavy and no stock on it. Yep. And by the way, the some newer of these ones characters, do have stocks. they do. And some of the characters wield it one-handed. Yeah. Although the characters are built like... Except for the petite women whose hair never gets messed up and they can still carry a lancer like a dude yeah. but and these, cut through. The characters are <laughs> ridiculously ginormous. Like One of them is actually, uh, they don't haul it football in the game it's a they call it the version in their world called thrash ball yeah so one of them is actually uh, one of the characters is a um thrash ball, ball pa player and all these people like real world who could possibly like we made a we made a comment recently like that person can actually play a gears character and that's how like that's a compliment in terms of how, like, how terry cruz could be in gears of war for sure yeah like you have to be massively jacked to be in this uh this world mm -hmm. by the way you are welcome Tang Tang. yes it is our pleasure uh, people always ask about that stuff, so we are more Tony than happy to show Tony says that he's, uh, he needs an AR-15 for distance and accuracy. Suppressed with a variable optic in a hideout in a high ground. Uh, kind of like, wasn't that... Uh, I mean, I think we can agree. I forgot what uh, zombie movie that was, but there was uh, the, one of the characters was sitting in his home with uh, sniping at them, and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an AR-15 would be uh, would be just your good all-around weapon, I think. Especially because you could, in theory, have different uppers. So if you wanted to switch to 300 blackout and uh, totally suppress it and still have a little bit more oomph and weight behind those rounds, you could do that and just switch your uppers out, still use the same magazines and the same trigger. So that can give you some versatility. And obviously, AR-15 is pretty good at close to medium, uh, intermediate distances. So, yeah, I think we could agree that it would be good. And ammo would be pretty ubiquitous. You'd find it in a lot of places. I think that... I think ammo would be a major problem. Like, in Back for Blood, that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like... Yeah. This is, in this scenario, this world scenario, like... Well, that's why you have to choose the most common guns possible. Yeah. So, I think in a lot of cases, even if people don't want to do this, if your zombies are still effective and you can hit them with headshots even from, like, a 9, I think you got to go with an AR-15 and a Glock. Yeah, well, that just was my, because that was actually my favorite yeah, combination. Just, yeah, just because thinking. even normal people, if you go into let's you got to scavenge ammunition houses or magazines, you're probably going to find a lot of Glocks around. You go to police departments that have been abandoned. There's going to be a lot of Glocks around, so you're going to have ammunition and magazines and spare parts pretty much everywhere with those two guns. Uh, your AK would probably be like number three on that list. 
at that point as far as rifles, and then it's going to go down to shotguns. Like, everybody's going to have, like, a Mossberg 500 variant or a Remington uh, variant. Uh, pretty much you can find those. Those are going to be, I would say that those would be your foremost ubiquitous, ubiquitous weapons in the country. Oh, yeah, 1022s. Now, if you can pop zombies with a 1022. I don't think, I think that round's too small. But if you could, that would be pretty cool. That's funny. Zach Carr says Rolo looks like he lo- uh, Rolo looks like my child after he eats an Oreo. <laughs> How's it going, Zach? Good to see you again. Uh, we're doing good. No, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. That's pretty funny. I like that. So yeah, that would that would be pretty scary. Uh, Ting Ting brought up flamethrowers earlier. Flamethrowers oh. would be cool because when somebody can't shoot your tank and blow it up, which zombies would not be able to do, that makes the flamethrower a little bit less scary to use. I love uh, I, I love a good scorcher in Gears. That's actually one of my favorite weapons to use. And then the execution in that is uh, also fun. Oh, yeah. For my definitely. Gears fans out there. Most definitely. Uh, if you guys ever want to see Gears, uh, I will be more than happy to show you how these chainsaws work. Appalachian, are you pulling my leg? That's no way that's a real quote. I've always believed that the mind is the best weapon. How is that not a real quote? From Rambo? Yeah. It I, really I, is? How can that not be a real quote? I don't know. It just doesn't sound like ra- something Rambo would say. Of course. He's got it. He's hiding out in the jungle and all that stuff. Ah, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I watched that. Speaking, uh, oh, channel, so speaking of hiding in the jungle from beasts, what would be another formidable beast? Now, I would argue that this is kind of a survival horror movie, but people may not think of that that way. Predator. Predator is definitely like a horror movie in a that lot of ways. A, yeah, it is. And the Predator is a pretty terrifying beast to fight against. He's, he's pretty scary. Yeah, he's because he's, he's a badass. Uh, it's a hunter. He's got technology that's way better than you. He fights in such a way that's like, kind of an honorable fighter but if he knows you're a badass like he's gonna take you down and he's gonna make a sport out of it so predator's a pretty terrifying guy to fight against i think that in that same universe in that same vein the xenomorphs the aliens from alien are pretty terrifying which is another great game that i should play if you guys are are interested in um you would uh uh, alien isolation is a great great survival horror movie you play as ripley's daughter uh, and she's dealing, I think you're on the Nostromo again, or a ship that's uh, similar to the Nostromo. And uh, it's great because you don't have any guns in that game. All you can do is hide from the Xenomorph, and then eventually those AI Andro- those androids start going crazy too. So another awesome game that uh, if you guys ever want to see, I would be more than happy to show off. And tomorrow, since Joe is not going to be here, I will have my own Halloween stream extra- extravaganza, I should say. So... Uh, I will choose a horror game of maybe one of your guys' choice, and I will try to go through as much of it as I can tomorrow night tomorrow since I won't have I much more to, to do. Cold. Yes. So uh, after the fact, we will let you know where Joe went. Joe always travels to places unknown until she gets back, and then we find out where she was. Even I don't know where she goes. That's not <laughs> true. I sent you my itinerary. Uh, I'm joking around. This is my first time in the States. So. Mm hmm. So uh, Ting Ting says that she's a 10-millimeter girl, and she won't find a lot of 9-millimeter. Uh, she would choose an AR shotgun and 9-millimeter mili- uh, for survival. Yeah, there you go. That's, I think that's, that's kind of the way that go. So you don't really have too much of a choice in those situations. I need to go back and watch some of my 80s movies. I watched some, some of them as a kid. And some of them, uh, some certain 80s movies I'll 
rewatch over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. To the point where I can, like, quote them as an adult. However, uh, the Rambo series, which was one of my mom's favorite. Like, she had this obsession. With Rambo? With, uh, no, with Sylvester oh, Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so that was, uh, like, one of our pet year. cockatiels was actually called Rocky. And uh, I was going to say it was one of our oldest ones, but actually our other, our we only have one cocktail left, and he's 35 years old. So. Actually, I think I'm going to take this time. He is not so. Rocky. He's uh, Sebastian. What are you doing? You're not going to play games now. No, since we're talking about different guns no, no, and how no, they demonstrate. No, no, no. We're done. It's 10 o'clock. Joe's done? It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> She's I want to get a little time late. You have, you have, now, you're gonna, yeah, now you have black on your teeth. I do. Oh, yes. my. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it a night. I want some snacky doos, and I want to watch some uh, Halloween-related. Uh, Ooh. I want Halloween. Let's do it. Oh, Joe's Joe's ready for this. So yeah. I, I was ready to show you guys some more. Now Yorona uh, has work tomorrow. Facts. I do. I haven't even packed yet. I was going to show people how the chainsaw actually looks no. and gears and all that it's stuff. It's time to go home. <laughs> time to go home. Closing usually, time. Usually, usually I'm the one that's calling, uh, that's getting tired over here. And Joe's like, I've got like 20 other topics left that I got to talk about here. I know. Usually that's it. But uh, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. I travel. I haven't packed. I'm going to pack tomorrow morning. So you need to set the alarm. All right. So for everybody, thank you so much for joining us on episode 64 of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. The spooky, spooktacular, as we called it. Hopefully you all enjoyed yourselves. And now we have to figure out how to take off all this face paint, which is going to be so much fun. I'm regretting putting it in my eyebrows. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I just I noticed that halfway through the show. I was like, yeah. she really like went all the way there and put it in her eyebrows. Yeah. I'm so, so opposed. Yep. Have a have a safe and fun Halloween, everybody. everybody. Enjoy your trick or treating. tomorrow. Are we going to be back here next Sunday or do you fly out again next oh. Sunday? Let's find out. I'm so. pretty sure I'm. I don't think I fly out on Sunday. And this is why we haven't had a guest lately either, because, because uh, my... Joe's schedule's been a little bit inconsistent. I definitely want to have a few guests come on. We will check on Fernando that you talked about. I fly out on Sunday. Okay, so we will be back next Saturday. Uh, yes, we've got the Scotus case coming up on Wednesday. I believe that a few YouTubers, I'll be home, I think. a few so YouTubers, will be covering that live. I believe that Jared from Guns and Gadgets put out a poll that. Asking people if he wanted uh, them, if he if anyone wanted him to cover it live, so he may be doing that. I'm sure that G Webs will be doing a lot of different events. G Webs, if you weren't, I'm sorry that I may have thrown you under, uh, uh, committed you to something. But I know that you always stream and you always cover things. So I think I'll be home. I don't know. Let me check. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'm confident that you can uh, that you'll check it out and that people will be covering that. I don't know what my work schedule is. I work regular nine to five anyway, and I'll have to pick up Joe from the airport. Yeah, but no, we will, I'm landing at night. Yeah, so but we'll keep uh, everyone posted with that. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday, and uh, I will be streaming more regularly. We will be doing it on both Twitch and YouTube. I would encourage those of you that may have kids that you want to watch some of our content or things I like that. We will not be. Uh, it won't be the most kid friendly stream because we're going to play mature games for the most part. But we will not curse. Or uh, but yeah, we don't really curse or anything like that. Uh, and we're, and we're not that way. So if uh, video game violence doesn't bother you, then that's totally fine. It'll be uh, acceptable as far as that. We're not going to talk naughty things or anything or anything bad. So Joe's face is melting over there now. <laughs> or is it we're not? Done. We're it's done. not even coming out. All no, right. It's not coming <laughs> so thanks again, everyone, for joining us. We will catch you next week for episode 65 of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. 
As always, I am Rolo the Puerto Rican Pistolero, and I was joined by my lovely, beautiful wife I don't and co-host. Lovely or beautiful today, <laughs> but I'm here. Uh, Latina locked and loaded, and we will catch you all next week. Thank you so much, and have a great evening.